You're listening to the Euclea podcast, offering world-leading specializations in governance, risk management, and compliance training. Today, Euclea's Chief Strategy Officer, Kate Lander, is chatting to David Arnold, a game designer at sister company Preloaded. Euclea and Preloaded have collaborated on award-winning cybersecurity awareness game Zero Threat. David, welcome. Maybe if we could start with thinking about games themselves. For many people, I think, and particularly a lot of our clients, games probably conjure up still something that's played by teenagers in dark rooms and not really used for a serious compliance issue. But at Preloaded, you're more focused on serious play or games with purpose. Yeah. What do you think it is about games that makes them so powerful for education and changing behaviours? Uh, as you touched on just now, I think there is this misconception that games are played by um, a certain type of person. It's a very niche thing, but um, I think when you understand uh, the data and when you really drill down into it, they're actually played by almost all types of people uh, all around the world in different places. So you'll see people playing on the tube, uh, on their lunch breaks at work, on their phone, uh, obviously at home, and they're, they're playing in different devices. So they're playing with um, their games consoles at home, they're playing with um, laptops, they're playing with PCs, mobiles, tablets, uh, through the internet, through browsers, things like that. Um, so we've got this um, product, a, a game, that transcends different demographics and different places. Uh, and so it just seems such an engaging and immersive and powerful tool uh, for us to, to talk to these people, to, to, to get down to where they are and try and educate and inspire them in certain ways. Are there any particular features about a game that makes it different to a traditional learning approach? They're obviously a lot more engaging. Um, and and when, we, when we talk about learning, uh, there's this, this idea that you have to create a certain, you know, fixed, specific thing. Um, but actually, play in itself uh, is used to teach all throughout nature, um, through child development. I mean, if you look at things like dolphins, they, exper they experiment with their surroundings to try and understand them. Lion cubs, they learn to stalk and hunt their prey uh, by playing and wrestling with each other. Um, so if you wanted to explain like maths principles to a child, you would often frame it in some sort of play structure to try and get them to digest it and absorb it a lot more easily. It's, it, it takes it away from the, you know, the really dry information approach and actually constructs it into something that's formal, formalized definitely, but it's more engaging. Uh, and, and just because games are more interactive than um, like a presentation or something like that, it gives people more opportunity to, um, as I say, interact with the, the, the information uh, and to digest it more easily. Okay, and what about, I mean, I think, you know, we all know that people play games and they've, they tend to play against one another. Um, do you do you think that the competitive element is something that really encourages learning through the games process? Yeah, um, so it comes comes across in different ways. Obviously, there's some really uh, like simple yet effective ways of um, driving competitiveness uh, through things like leaderboards uh, and scores and things like that. But people who play games are naturally going to compete, whether that's um, against other people or just um, against themselves. So. You know, we always want to better ourselves. So you may play a game and you might not do so well at first, um, but you're still learning how to play that game. Um, 
And we're building things that kind of make failure a little bit more fun. So that you want to come back to it. You want to learn how to do it better. Uh, you want to, you want to, yeah, just get better and improve the whole time. Um, and that just that gives it that competitive edge uh, gives more people an incentive to come back uh, and, and play a game and hopefully learn more as well. Yeah, that's great. So I think I think what you're saying there, David, is this idea of simulating that experience. Um, I think, you know, we think of it as a, as a very safe space and in the world of cyber security, putting people in that safe environment to perhaps make the mistakes and see the consequences of that is all part of the learning experience. So I think having explored the idea of games in total, really drawing down on our game Zero Threat that we worked with yourself and the team on, um, could you maybe try and explain when we came to Preloaded and explained that we wanted to use the notion of games to try and get across the learning experience around cybersecurity, what were the key stages that you had to map out in order to produce that game? Well, usually we start with um, a brief and that's usually just uh, a problem that the client's facing. Uh, they wanted to raise awareness um, of um, situations which can lead to security risks, um, just increase engagement with um, cybersecurity, learn about real-world cybersecurity incidents. But as you say, in this safe environment um, that we've created to enable people to learn um, in, in a safe space, as you put it, digest that information through kind of osmosis, through playing, you will learn uh, the game. So they come, it starts with that problem, uh, and, and we kind of develop what we call like a, a uh, we work with the clients to, de to develop a, a vision statement. Um, so for this particular game, it was a, a card-based strategy game uh, where you take charge of cybersecurity within a global company, um, use a variety of security measures and strategies to protect your company's data network from incoming threat. Um, so like we try and set out our store a little bit, like what is the vision for this game? Uh, and then it goes from there. So we work with the client to uh, drill down into the specific problems, um, what kind of game they want it to be uh, and then we kind of agree on what that vision will be uh, and we start developing um, a GDD which is called a uh, game design document um, it's called a GDD uh, and then we iterate on that and we use prototypes so in this instance we prototyped with card and paper because it was a card based game uh, and then we went on from there we took out things that we didn't think worked so well and uh, we tried to hone the things that we did think we work worked well uh, and then we developed that um, using obviously computers to build the, the final product. Okay, well, that's, no, that's really, it's really interesting. And I think this idea of taking very much what are common principles um, when we create any learning experience. So you speak there about creating the objectives, creating the vision, trying to understand what the client wants. And that's exactly the same approach that we at Euclea use for any e-learning or face-to-face -face learning that we use on compliance. So we're actually using exactly the same principles, but actually the game is just another delivery tool and another medium that allows people to learn. Yeah. So very much the same learning strategy behind it. Obviously, I think we've spoken quite a lot about the user experience. Um, if I could, I think, you know, very often we're talking to clients themselves. We're talking to heads of compliance. We're talking to learning and development managers. I guess people think that games are just targeted at the person playing it. Mm -hmm. Is there a benefit of that approach for the employers themselves? Those people who 
the users actually work for? Well, what is it around games that, that actually make it interesting for them as well? Okay, so there's a few things. I mean, part of the remit for us was to implement SCORM, uh, which is a way of measuring um, players' progress. Um, so the employer can track and monitor uh, the data um, from all the people that are playing it and work out um, how they're performing and where the performance increases are, uh, things like that. And that's stored on the cloud. So that's part of it. Um, but also, through seeing people uh, engage with the, the game and, and play it and compete with each other to better themselves and get better scores uh, and take on more knowledge, uh, you're going to have a more knowledgeable um, team. So it's, it's naturally beneficial for the employer to um, want to grow that knowledge base within their team. And the game is just a really powerful way of doing it, as we spoke um, before, just about the engagement from it. And all of those things wrap up um, to create this really powerful tool. I think so there, it's not only can the employer actually see what's going on behind the game and they can collect that data, but actually just getting people to use it more because it's a more fun and engaging way. And we've got this direct competitiveness, which we all know probably people working in our environments are quite competitive naturally. More using it is going to be better and they can track that increased usage as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been plonked in front of a computer and asked to read a presentation or do a click through or something. Uh, and it kind of feels sometimes like a chore, but what we're trying to do here is leverage the engagement, uh, the competitiveness um, in, a, in a safe space, as we spoke before, to create this really um, interesting product. Uh, a, a game that means that people will want to play it. Uh, it's not just gonna be uh, a chore for them. They're going to want to play it and maybe they're going to go back to it and improve their score. So again, it's about that engagement, that retention uh, and learning can be fun. Uh, we just need to address it in the right way. And that's hopefully what we've done here is Zero Threat. That's great. Thanks ever so much. You've been listening to the Euclea podcast. For more on our specialist training solutions, contact us on euclea.com.